0: Hello there, friends. Welcome to Yo, the Business and Fitness Podcast, starring Luca <laughs> Josevar and Steven Krebs. What's up, guys? Today is a question and answer episode. So, we're going to jump right in. Hello, my friend Lucas. How are you doing today?
1: Hey there, Steven. Very mellow today. Yeah, very mellow. Guys. Mm-hmm.
0: We're bringing, we're bringing the, the sweater energy today. That's what I call that. It's like a nice sweater energy, straight laced tennis shoes and a sweater like Mr. Rogers. So, guys, we're going to jump into a little Q&A. we got a bunch of great questions. And guys, make sure to hit up Luca on Instagram or myself or shoot us an email. at Luca Josevar uh, at, at on IG. Mine is at Steve Krebsy with an I on IG. If you guys have any questions you want us to answer on these episodes, make sure to reach out. There's never a wrong or a bad time to do it. So just reach out because it gives us more firepower. And it gives us an opportunity to, to get you guys results in advance. And that's the whole idea behind the show. So we're going to jump right in. And this is a great question because I think this is something where a lot of people compare Luca. They kind of go like, man, they watch a guy like Luca or a guy like myself. And everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what should I do? What's this guy doing? Should I copy what they're doing? And the question is, it's from Coach Dupez. It's how many hours a week did you put in when you were starting your gym? And I know this one is kind of like a trick question, Luca, because – it, my answer to this for myself is as many as it took. Right. And one thing you guys got to understand is coming out of the gate in any business, it's going to be work intensive. And it kind of always is, but it's specifically at the beginning, because that's where you're going to have to make the most sacrifices to actually make it work. Now, I know most people don't know this. I know Luca knows this, is that in the first year of my business, I almost went out of business because I brought an MMA school into my gym and thought that was going to be the thing. You know, I, as you guys probably know, I'm into mixed martial arts. I love it. I love training, but like I brought the, um, my coach in and it just didn't work out. So in the first year, I almost went out of business. So I learned a lot of valuable lessons. So Luca, I'm going to pass this over to you. In my personal opinion, I think it's as many as it takes, right? That's how you base it. You base the, the hours of work on the result. Not a, not, this is not a nine to five job, right? You guys got to understand when you open a gym or you open any business, you're sacrificing your time, energy, money, emotions, family time to get this thing going. But Luke, if you had to answer this question, I know it's kind of like a loaded question, but how many hours a week of work did you put in when you were starting your gym?
1: Um, I mean, the funny answers, all of them, but <laughs> I I'll always get a little worried when people ask me that question because I get a feeling that, that it's like the kind of, man, how bad is it going to be? You know, how bad is it going to be? Like, do I have to, do I have, you don't have to do anything, right? The question, like, do I have to work 15 hours a day or more or less or what? Like, the thing is, you don't have to do anything. This is what you choose to do. And So while there is no golden rule, right? If I say everybody does X, Y, Z, you know, there's going to be somebody that would be like, nah, man, I launched the gym and only work, you know, 10 hours a day, right? Like, but in reality, like you have to be willing, what I tell people is you have to be willing to work a lot. Like, you know, whatever number I say is arbitrary, right? But like 16, I mean, how much did that work? (laughs) Worked a lot, like all the time, you know what I mean? But then it also comes down to the the ambition, you know what I mean? Like, what's your ambition of, you know, do you want to just make it okay or do you want to make it the best that it could be? I mean, th- you know, that that's always uh, somewhat of a loaded question. But, like, I was just watching this uh, video not long ago and it's, you know, from guys like Arnold and and I think it was interviewing Elon Musk and a couple other people. I was just, look, there, to achieve anything great, to, to build a great business, big or small, doesn't matter, right, it takes a lot of hard work. A lot of hard work. Like you, and and the thing is, if you start questioning like, well, how many hours is it going to take? You know, it's almost like you're focused already on the wrong thing. Like you should be focused on making it successful and making it great. And if you have, like I said, it's a service business, you have clients, then, you know, that's what should be getting people results, making people feel amazing, creating a great experience for them, creating a great culture with yourself, your team. Like I said, if if you have people on board. So, you know, I still work. I think people sometimes now, uh, you know, I get a lot of DMs and a lot of emails and a lot of stuff. And it's like, oh, man, like, so nice, so cool. Like, you get to go all these places. Um, But if anybody's, like, around me when I'm here in Seattle, like, I work a lot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, And a lot of times it's, it's by choice still, and, and there's a lot of projects going on. So I take those on, obviously, and because of that, like, there's a lot of time spent working. Now I love what I do. I, I do. It doesn't mean it's not hard or it doesn't get, you know, uh, there's no struggle when that the doesn't, there's not some, I would say spicy times, but I do, I do love what I do. And I'm very, very uh, committed to the vision and the mission and the purpose of what we're building. So I think, you know, once you, when you have that, you ask yourself the question a lot less about, you know, how long is it going to take or how many hours and, you know, but, there's there's two huge life lessons that that John Berardi taught me and I'll share one of them and that is that like most people it, it, it's it's also a great quote essentially but you know most people think things are way harder than they are okay let me repeat that people think that things are harder than they are okay but they drastically drastically underestimate how long it will take to complete them right so this this is what I mean by that is like you think that you know building a certain type of business is almost impossible. It's not, it's not impossible, right? There's a lot of hard work involved, but instead of you're like, hey, I'm gonna do this in three years, but really it's gonna take eight. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, that's pretty much what it comes down to in a lot of the, I would say, uh, a lot of building businesses. It, it's not, not to say it's not hard, but usually people make it way more complex And way harder than it actually is the actual actionable steps behind it but they drastically drastically underestimate what they can achieve uh and how long i'm sorry and and how long it's going to take i mean that's that's you know underestimation and like every single time i do it still all right we'll 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 get this done in six months takes two years you know it's like it it just takes longer it just takes longer would you say
0: don't adjust the target adjust the timeline and one thing I'll say, guys, is like, don't come into anything asking how long this is going to take. It'd be like starting Jitsu and being like to the, your instructor the first day. Uh, when am I going to get my black belt? Uh, you just walked on the mats today. Yeah, but I want to know because if it's not going to happen really quick, then I'm just not going to do it.
1: You know, but the instru- what would the instructor say? The instructor would say like, well, how often are you going to train? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, like, well, be like, hey, you can be here six days a week four hours a day and then maybe, you know, you'll get the black belt in six years, you know, or five years or whatever, right? Like there's a lot of questions behind it. And not only like, hey, how long are you going to train? How focused are you going to be when you train? Mm -hmm. Are you going to recover? Are you going to, what about injury? Like, I mean, right? It's the same thing in business. Like what what
0: are you willing to sacrifice? Is one of those things that I think that most people don't ask themselves. Like, am I willing to sacrifice to get what I said I wanted. Cause that's really the name in the game of business, right? Luca, think about it. I look at what you've done, look at what I've done. It really comes down to how long can you suffer through the hard parts? Because with guys like us, the, the good parts, we celebrate for five seconds and then we ask ourselves what's next. And that's almost every highly successful person that I know. So instead of asking someone, hey, how many hours do you work? Maybe you should ask yourself, am I willing to go as far as I need to go to make this happen? And I know that sounds like some hoo-hoo, ha-ha shit, but the truth of the matter is like you have to get really clear with your vision and your ability to actually enjoy the journey or else you're going to quit. I promise you that. So Luke, let's move on to another question. Cause I think do we wrap that one up with a bow? And I think that, you know, from both of our, our insights, it's like, guys, you can hear it. You know, Luke and I both do this. We're like, man, let's put a, Timeline on this. Okay. It's going to take us six months. And then sometimes you hit that point and you're like, (laughs) well, more like two years, three years, four years, whatever. But the question right there is, do we give up or we just adjust the timeline? So, uh, the next question, Luca is, uh, it's more, it's another beginning question, right? So it's, um, how much capital do you recommend to start a gym? It's another open-ended question. I get it. There's a lot of variables that come into play location. Where's your gym? How big is the gym? how much equipment are you going to buy, right? What kind, what's your target market or niche, right? Like all these things come into play, but in the mixtape back, what shit, six, seven years ago, when we put this together, Luca wrote this part and the part was like, Hey, here's the bare basic bones that you need to build a really successful, right? They call them, what are they calling them? now? micro gyms, whatever name people are putting on them, right? Small personal training facility, you know, and Luca broke this down, like to the point where he had like, you know, hey, here's the equipment. And if you go, um, pretty soon, we'll have a site, you guys can go and pick up the mixtape for free. So it'll just give you an opportunity to see what I'm saying. But so Luca, what do you think? How much capital do you think someone needs? And I know that you go to the to the end of, hey, let's try to keep the, the costs really low off the gate. So you don't owe a bunch of money. You know, I went a different route. I took a small business loan. And, you know, obviously, over time, you pay it back. And I don't think there's a right or wrong. But how much capital do you recommend to start a gym in 2019 Luca?
1: Yeah, first of all, there's no right or wrong, absolutely. I mean, look, I'm going to keep bringing this up because what's happening and I want to kind of preframe this, you know, what I'm going to say here and and anything else is that we you know, even with like podcasts like this or blogs or any anything, people want to have a, a system, right? And a path. And the um The truth is that, like, there's many ways up the mountain. I think that was uh, in the book of the Five Rings, right? There, I mean, like, find your way up the mountain, right? So, the point of it is being like, when somebody goes like, "Man, you can't do this," you'll find a bunch of people that did it, right? And then somebody goes like, "But you can't do that," and then fucking you find somebody that did it, right? (laughs) So, I always like to go, you know, hey, there's a, a many a different ways, but I will say that your chances of succeeding are usually much lower if you go from the get go and start you know, by taking a massive loan, massive loan, massive lease, all of those things. Like I'm not a big fan of that because especially if you have no proof of concept, you know, so that in, in the mixtape, I wrote, you know, how to start a gym for under $10,000. Um, and that's real because I started the gym for less than $10,000. I mean, I, I had some equipment already, but not a lot like, man, you guys, if, if, if anybody's known me for, for a really long time and remembers the garage uh, I mean, there wasn't much, you know, and I got a ton of used stuff and, you know, things like that. And it was, it was, it it just was not much. And, uh, I think that I started with seven grand, like, and out of the seven grand, three grand was like paying rent three months ahead of time. And then it was uh, 4,200 bucks. I think I spent on stuff to, to start. And like I said, and I had some things, I had a bunch of trap bars and TRXs and, uh, you know, some used dumbbells and, uh, kettlebells and like so i had stuff right but like literally it was i don't know and i'd say in the first 90 days i, I probably invested altogether, together you know eight thousand or something like that into it and and it was a thousand square foot space because and the the key was the results obviously the relationships with the people the experience the follow-up make, making people uh feel cared for it was different it's important right it's like seth golden says it's it's better to be different than to be better. Now, personally, I think you got to be, I think it's important to be both, but different is what differentiates. If you're a little better than somebody else, but you're not different, uh, a lot of times it won't be enough. So uh, that's what I will say that, you know, um was definitely different. There's nothing like it. And as, you know, and as I grew, like if there was extra money, I'd buy some more equipment and I'd buy some more and buy some more. So I grew out of that Place like every place kind of that we've gone into we've we've somewhat grew out of it, and you know like what I see now is like man, I have this great idea for this great gym uh this concept, and you know my first question is like, oh great, like how do you know it works you know have you what's the proof of concept and if people don't have it like that's a that's a lot to risk you know that's you know take out the two hundred thousand dollar loan one hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan three hundred thousand dollar loan, get an investor that puts in half a mil, like You know those are those are big numbers to start off with without having any proof of concept, and proof of concept might mean, hey, you were at you know you were leasing out of another gym or or something else and built up a bunch of groups and had a full roster of clients. It means that what you're doing and how you're doing is working, right? So then from there, it's like, hey, do you need to? You know, I usually recommend, and like I said, this is a very very arbitrary. Like this is a very kind of general thing that I'm saying, because you know I consult some companies too that have 40,000 square foot gyms and a lot in a, a number of them, right. Um, as well as other gyms that are like 12,000 and 15,000, but then a lot of gyms that are basically between 2000 or even less to 5,000, like probably that's, that's where the majority lie. but I always say like 2,500 to 3,000 is a great start. And if it's less still cool. Like I said, I started a thousand square feet, right? But what I mean by that is like that you're, you don't have, and you said, what do you think is a good number in 2019? Once again, this is pretty general, but like if I were to open and, you know, kind of erase everything, start from scratch, I'd probably go somewhere between two to 3,000 square feet. Uh, not a retail space with massively high rent, but some type of industrial flex in a pretty good area. And like I said, I'd, I research, you know, I'd research what's an upcoming area. Um, so, but it's still very, very, you know, it's very affordable. And like I said, it's not like storefront where you're paying, you know, $3, $4 a square foot per, uh, per month or anything like that. Right. So you don't kill yourself with the lease right off the bat. And, and I, I'd, I'd say, you know, start with 30 grand to 40 grand, which you can do a lot of stuff with, by the way, you know, investing 30 to 40 grand. And that's, a, that's not, you know, to start a business, to start a small business, you got to understand that's not really a big investment like you could you could get that obviously from the bank pretty easily there's uh you know you could scrounge that up from from family if, if like i'm just throwing out ideas but i'm saying that those are not like massive numbers compared to you know if you open up a, a i think if you a FroYo franchise is 350 you know what i mean yeah uh, i mean a lot
0: of those franchises are super expensive and Let's be real, man. Starting a facility for gyms can be fairly cheap if you play your cards. right. One thing I want to point out that Lucas said, guys, is he talked about not coming out of the gate and blowing a bunch of money on rent. Like, listen, we're all for you guys having a huge vision for what's possible. You may look at Luca's gym and be like, oh, my God, I want that. But you got to understand the 10 years that it took to get to that point. So just remember, guys, like we're teaching you to start small because that's what's most smart. You would rather have a gym busting at the seams, trust me on this, with a low overhead than spending a shit ton of money out of the gate and then struggling to fill this monstrous facility. Trust me, Luke and I have seen this time and time and time again. People that were considered really big in the industry went really huge and then it went to shit, right? And I'm not gonna name names, I'm, it's just the truth, right? A lot of people get excited, they make the business decisions based in emotion or ego rather than basing it on the numbers and playing the smart game. One of our old mentors, Kevin Nation, we, Luke and I were with him at Bactiar in Las Vegas, it must have been shit in 2012. And Kevin said something that stuck with me for a long time and he's like, listen, at a certain point you gotta decide if you're building your business to suit you or you're building it to impress other people. Because at a certain point, sometimes businesses are just becoming bigger to become bigger and you're actually not making any more money. And I see this quite a bit with some of my high-level clients. So get really clear on what it is that you want, guys. It doesn't really necessarily matter what anybody else is doing. What matters is what do you want to create and then play it smart from the start so you can stack as much money as possible, like Luke and I have done, so that you can have freedom of choice. And what I mean by that is down the road, then you can make decisions based on you being flush with cash as opposed to you being highly in debt. And Luke, I mean, let's be real. I would go out on a limb and say probably 60 to 75% of small businesses are one bad decision away from going out of business. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, when you look at just the statistic and numbers and in general, small business, right? Like, like for instance, here, I'll give you an example in here in Washington. Um, you know, the minimum wage in certain areas of Seattle and Seattle are getting brought up to 15 bucks uh, per hour, which is which is high, right? And then you have these arguments that it's the right thing because, you know, obviously uh, to live in Seattle is pretty damn expensive uh, right now. Uh, but, you know, my thought process as a small business owner is that like that could literally crush most small business. And here's why, right? Because it's not like, you know, you only have so much margin and your your biggest expense, uh, uh, not to say it's, it's a bad thing, but it's payroll, right? It's, it's having your team and employees and things like that. So imagine that now you go from minimum wage being, you know, 11 bucks uh, to 15. That is a legit 40%, you know, about 40 plus percent increase. So like ima- imagine, right? Imagine that if, if right now you're looking in your, your P&L, like your profit and loss and your expenses report, and all of a sudden, what you're paying for payroll goes up 40%. Like you might be done, you know, your, your margin that was maybe 7% profit or 10 or 15, if you're, you know I mean, now might be gone. And so the reason what I, I said that, because when you br- bring up, you know, your one bad decision away, uh, you know, it is that, it is that like, it doesn't take much to, you know, if you're break evening or, or if, if you're, you know, you're profiting, but you, you have a less than 10% net profit, for instance, or 15% net profit. Um, and some, you know, the, the market turns, the economy turns, uh, you know, you make a decision on something and it doesn't work out well. And, and not to scare you, that's not the point, right? I mean, business is adaptability we just talked about in a previous podcast, but it, yeah, like you could, you know, I'm, I always tell people that like, if you sign a bad lease, and in, in my mentorship for Zell, when, when I used to work at Vision Quest, taught me that. So he said, look, man, you could kill it. You could be killing it, but if you signed a bad lease, like, you're dead. Same thing with restaurants, right? Like, I mean, you sign a bad lease, meaning, uh, tr- like, I know somebody right now that signed a lease for, I would say, 3,000 3, to 4,000 square foot space, uh, uh over $11,000 a month, right? Uh, now, of course, look, you could be, you know, super high end and in a great area and, bringing in a million bucks. But in, gen- in general, like signing like huge leases from the get-go without proof of concept, like that's just, you know, it's a, that's a tough one, right? And so yeah, absolutely, like why would you not make sure that you kill it, create proof of concept, profit, you know, profit a lot. And then with that profit reinvest into the business, without having to take uh, out more and more loans, you know, as you grow. Cause I I legitimately know a lot of businesses that once they got close to, you know, paying off the loan, they expanded and they took on another loan. Right. So in the 12 years that they've been in business, like they've never been uh, out of debt. And I I don't think that's the, I don't think that's the smartest way to go about it. Every
0: successful businessman that I know, Luke, like plays the game kind of like we do. And we did, listen, we learned this guys. You learn the hard way right? You just learn the hard way. At one point I tried to open a second location. I wasn't ready for it. And it failed miserably. Why? Because I got like a 6,000 square foot space inside of a mall in Syracuse and like was not prepared for it. So you learn the hard way. I lost some money there, but guess what? It was a valuable lesson. So we can't stress enough to you guys. Think about this. Like, wouldn't you rather put money in your pocket? at the end of the day, isn't that the point is to help as many people as possible, build your vision, build your dream, help as many people as possible, but also to provide for yourself and your family to create freedom in your life. I think that's why online training is so important right now to people is because they think it's going to be the thing that creates freedom for them, not realizing that it's just another business that takes time and energy to build. And in my personal opinion, even harder than brick and mortar in person. So why don't we segue into this next question, because I think it's important, right? Is you know, what are the biggest problems you have seen with online personal training? And I just think before I pass it over to you, online personal training is very similar to coaching consulting space right now. Everybody wants to do it. It's highly saturated. People have made you think and believe that it's going to be easier than in person. And in my personal opinion, that's completely asked backwards and wrong, right? It takes a lot of work. Remember, if you're going online, whether it's in the coaching consulting room, whether it's with online personal training, now you're going up against the big boys. Now you're having to throw your hat in the ring with people that have been in the game for a long time that are willing to spend way more money to acquire a client from, than, you, than you are, and they have way more social proof. Now, I'm not telling you not to get into it. That's not what I'm saying. And no negative Nancy here. I just want you armed with the truth. When you're armed with the truth, you'll see more clearly, and then you can realize that, hey, am I doing this because I really feel really passionate about it? Or am I trying to take a shortcut because somebody told me that online training is easier than in-person training, and I can make a buttload of money, travel the world, and and have no real responsibility? And Luke and I both know that that's you've been sold a bullshit bill of goods there. So, Luke, what have you seen personally in like what are the biggest problems you've seen with online personal training?
1: Is the question. Oof, where do we start? I mean, look, I, I, you know, I stand by, I stand by what I said, uh before which is that i don't think anybody should do online personal training if they haven't done like face-to-face skin-to-skin training at first and for 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 some years by the way not like a year for some years and the reason why is because look i saw that i saw this thing online uh i try to stay out of these like kind of conversations or dig into anything and one guy said uh you know, I was struggling getting people results uh, in, in real life, but now online, like, I'm killing it. I'm getting way better results than I ever did face-to-face. And I'm like, that is I, – like, I, I couldn't even answer. I'm like, well, that, that's very, very awkward. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and it, because he was, like, pitching, like, no, no, online is so much better. You don't need – actually, the, 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 the philosophy was, like, now you don't even need to really do a lot of, uh, I said, training face-to-face. You can just go online. And like, man, I, you, you can't convince me that. Like, there's, there's no way you can pitch me that. I mean, first of all, like, why do we get into this? I mean, we get it, it like because we love coaching. We love people. We like helping people transform. And, you know, there's all these without like because this we could do a whole podcast right now on, on talking about social intelligence, emotional intelligence, uh, social environments and, and, and social sciences and pedagogy. And, you know, how when you are face to face, like the benefits of things like body language. And be able to see how people react, and like how you can uh, be way more empathetic, and have conversations, and look people in the eye. And there's so many different things that you just cannot do online. And once again, like I'm not a I'm not against online. Like we're launching online, right? Uh, After 13 years, (laughs) but the the point of it is, is that like, look, you got to get good at coaching, right? If you understand people well, and you're able to help them transform, you know, once you go online, like you have a much better an, uh, insight and understanding on how to help people. And then the technology helps you, right? Like it can help you. I, I mean, for me, it's like, there'll never be a comparison between online and face to face, but that's also personal preference. Like some people do like to maybe have like online coaching more because they're a lot more autonomous, right? Like they get their program, they go to the gym, they do their thing, so on and so forth. They can check in with a coach. Right. So once again, this is not me bashing online coaching to me, it's more like how you do it. And like this idea that, you know, like, Hey man, like I'm just going to go online and uh, it's going to be easier. It's going to be simpler. And, and that is absolutely not true. Uh, we, we, we had an event at Vigor with uh, uh, Dr. John Russon. And so me and, and Joel came in for, well, I mean, obviously I was there cause it's my gym, but Joel came in so we could just do a big Q and A at the end. So it's me, John and Joel, and somebody was asking about online coaching. Uh, I was like, "Hey, I'm thinking about starting online coaching. Uh, you know, what do you guys think?" And, and Joe was like, "Hey, how old are you?" Uh, and he was like, "22 uh, or 23." I was like, "Don't." <laughs> that was his answer. But his answer really was, you know, "Hey, like, get really good at like getting people results in real life and be successful there, you know, to to a degree, and then maybe go online." I think, I think a lot of what the future does hold is is for 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 coaches is hybrid. And I know this hybrid model has kind of been, first of all, it's been around, you know, second of all, I know it's getting pushed right now for marketing purposes. Uh, But I think what it does for coaches is just, it allows, um, you know, the, the person that is doing well, but working a lot, you know, if you're coaching people, I mean, even 40 hours a week of pure coaching is a lot of fucking coaching. Uh, But, you know, I know people that do 50 hours, 60 hours a week, of just training, like legit training people. And that's unsustainable. But what, you know, what if you could do 25 hours a week or 30, you know, and you love it, right? You love it. So you're doing 25 hours a week of coaching and then you do 20 hours a week of online. Right. I mean, like I think that's where where the model goes. But the mistake that happens is, first of all, look, if you weren't good at marketing your brick and mortar or your, you know, obviously your your personal coaching, um, you're going to need even more of that skill set to do it online, to do it online. Because you're competing against more people. Think about this. Like locally, like if you're training out of a gym or a certain location, a certain area, certain people could only like, for instance, a person from that city is not gonna drive to another city to get coaching, right? Online, the person from your city could easily hire somebody, I mean, in Australia, shit, like or wherever else. So you have the whole world to compete, and of course now. You have, you know, I'll say the word like influencers and people that have positioned themselves and created a brand that, you know, if, if you're local and you're like, hey, I do online coaching. And then there's another well-known person, you know, this, that that obviously does a ton of marketing, position themselves. They got a lot of uh, uh, social proof. Like you're competing against that person. and And so now you have to beat them. So that means, I mean, beat them. Like you have to convince somebody to go with you. Which means you have to have really, really good marketing, which is you have to, you know, once again, going back to content marketing that we talked about, but you also have to be really good at coaching because first of all, please look up, Google it if you want to, by the way. Uh, What's the lifetime value of an online client versus a physical client? It is insane. Like turnover is crazy online, right? So even when you see people like, man, I signed up this many online coaching clients. Cool. Three months later, how many of them do you still have? Half, if that. You feel me? Like, and look, my, you know, our friends are very, uh, uh, like, do very well online. We, we know uh, a lot of people that do very well online. I can tell you right now what one of my friends turned over. Now, that's a membership site. This specifically is a membership site, which gives you programs and training and so on and so forth. And let's just say that he has one of the better uh, customer lifetime values. You know how long somebody stays? Three and a half months. And his is more than double what the average is, which the average is, I think, like a month and a half, not even that, right? So, think about that. So, if you, if you have 150 clients online, but if, if your turnover rate is, let's just call it three months, that means every three months, you need another 150 clients to maintain that revenue. You see what I'm saying? So, like, you know, let, let's bullet point this because I, I, I obviously, I, my thoughts go all over the place, but number one, you got to do coaching in real life my personal opinion from my experience and my personal opinion all the like i said we know a lot of successful people in the online space um but this percentage of of those is is a lot smaller than you think uh right there's not like it's not like hey it's 50 of people that go online like crush it no it's not like that number two is like you you have you have to create you know a positioning in a brand which means that you have to do not only just marketing but content marketing you got to know uh you know who you're talking to more like you have to be more I would say you have to be more niche right you have creating a brand and becoming more niche to like specifically who you talk to um, so that it like i said the the more granular and detailed you get about the person that you're speaking to, the easier it will be to get them and look, I'll just give you like a a basic example right but let's say there's two people promoting coaching and one of and one of them is is like, hey, I help people get out of back pain right, and another person is like. I help busy entrepreneurs that are over 50 years old get out of back pain, right? The person, the busy entrepreneur that's over 50, who is he going to go with? Well, probably with the guy that's helping the busy entrepreneurs over 50 with back pain because it's much more specific, right? Like, so it's just like if you come to, um, you know, in a specific, I don't know, like car detail shop. It's like, yeah, well, listen, we just, we only detail AMG Mercedes cars. And then there's another one that goes like, "Yeah, we need to tell everybody, right? You're going to go to the AMG spot if you got an AMG." Now, look, it, it, if if when it comes to a gym, that that changes a little bit, and like that's a whole another that's another podcast for another day that we'll we'll touch on, um, you know, because some, I'm somewhat of a generalist when it comes to like who do we train as far as demographic goes, um, but but we are a lot more niche when it comes to like the type of person we train, meaning psychographic, like what they believe in, the values the belief systems and so on and so forth. Right. Um, and, and like, and and if we go into that, then like I said, we could do another podcast that goes just into that and talking about those, those differences. But hopefully like I, you know, if if you saw something that I didn't kind of touch on, Krebsy, um, please let me know. I think that
0: you covered it well, man. I just think that, you know, we want to be clear that we're not trying to be negative about this. We just want you guys really prepared for the truth, which is, if you don't have a ton of reps in in person and you're not good at relationship building in person online is going to be a big struggle for you. And it's not easy. It's not, it's just as difficult, if not more difficult than any other business and it's more saturated than ever. So we just want you guys to understand there's no shortcut to success. And if you're not a master at what you're doing, man, if you gotta, if you gotta bring in hundreds of leads every quarter, And you don't know marketing and you don't have enough money to spend on marketing, this is gonna be a long ass experience for you. Whereas if you went in and did in person training in your area and you focused on that for the first few years, there's still a lot of great money to be made there. I know plenty of trainers that still do one on one training and make 12 to 15 grand a month just doing one on one training. Now, people say, oh, this is dead. The training online, the next thing is gonna be online training is dead. Oh, uh, offline training is dead. Everything's dead. It's just horseshit, shit, right? It depends on where you put your energy and what you actually want to create, but just realize there's no easy way to do it. <laughs> there's just not. Online is saturated. It's tough and it takes work just like anything else. So if you guys have more questions about that, feel free to reach out, right? Luke and I have a lot of experience in this because in our consulting businesses, technically, where do we find a lot of our clients? Well, either at live events or... Online through marketing, right? Through the podcast, through, you know, maybe a, a, a click funnel squeeze page that we put together that gives away something. But ultimately, we've done this. So we can tell you guys, plus Luca's launching his online personal training, which so he's going to understand and know exactly how this is going to work. Now, remember, though, Luca's very, like, he's, he's solidified in the industry. It's not like somebody starting from scratch. So just realize, guys, it takes work. Be clear in the vision. Get clear on who you want actually wanna work with. And then what is it gonna, what 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 is it, what is it that you're gonna provide that separates you from the competition? Because you have to think about that, right? Just saying, hey, I'm gonna throw everybody in a free Facebook group and that's how I'm gonna start it is you know, that's where I'm gonna fulfill at a high level is just throwing people in a Facebook group. Well, man, if the average person only lasts a month and a half, they're gonna be really underwhelmed with that service because how many free Facebook groups are out there right now that provide people with health and fitness information, a ton, right? And it's growing by the day. So if you guys have other questions about online personal training stuff or online coaching consulting, feel free to ask. But uh, I think that one, Luca, I think we,
1: you know. Yeah, and I, I just wanna add one real quick thing, okay? It's like when you're, so, I mean, think of part of it. I, I didn't get, you know, into the industry or in a business, you know, to, to like, oh, I want to transition to online, right? i um, in a certain, but here, I mean, at a certain point in time, it started, you know, kind of coming up, making sense for me. Also, the reason why I want to do it is because I want to give another revenue stream for my coaches. Right? I think about my team and I think about how can they, you know, make more money without having to work more hours on the floor uh, and be involved in more and having an ownership and things like that. So, you know, my reasoning behind it is absolutely, you know, affecting more people also helping my team. And, and there's a lot of reason behind it, but let me, let me, let me explain this, right? Like, we talked about content marketing. So I've been doing content marketing for, for quite a while. And what started happening is that people were like, hey, do you do online coaching? Like, do you do online coaching? Do you do online coaching? Do you, you know, I mean, it was for years and years and years, I'd get emails. And like, this was not off of, you know, we didn't even try to market it. And we were getting a lot of the emails and still continue to do. And that's when it was like, well, shit, like, you know, this makes sense. Why don't we actually like, you know, why don't we build online coaching on top of, our coaching, which is, you know, we're actually doing this, right? Like we, we train people just like you, you know what I mean? Like every day now we're just doing it online. So what what I mean by that is like, you can be training people. And as you build your brand, as you create value in a marketplace and you create content and you build everything up, what's so dope is that like, you know, let's say you're doing it for, for three, four, five years. And if you're doing it right, you'll get demand for online. Cause people are like, man, I love what you do. Like, I would love if you coach me online because they can't do it with you you know, face to face because you're in another state or, you know, you're, you're, you're too far away, you know, cause it could even be your own city. It's like, Hey, look, I, I, I'd have to drive an hour to get to you. Can't do it. Do you do online coaching? Like that's what starts happening, but notice that what you end up doing is you build a brand and you give value to people and it makes sense for them to work with you. And then it's easier, right? It's, I mean, it's easy. So, and you're really doing two things at once because you're building up your, um, you're building up your, your, your gym slash, or what you know, whether it's your personal brand locally as a one-on-one coach, as a group trainer, or, you know, leasing out of another gym, whatever it may be. And then you go from there, but that, that's what makes a lot more sense.
0: Okay. Well, I thought you were going to keep going there guy. (laughs) Um,
1: Usually like we have, we have a little rule here. It's like this. If Luca goes for six seconds without saying a word, we move on to the next question.
0: Okay, I was gonna say I thought you were just taking a dramatic pause there, my friend, and I uh, actually sometimes
1: stayed. I do. Which sometimes I do, you know. I thought you were
0: setting us up. Plus, I was putting suntan lotion on. It, it. Listen, I live in Miami. You got to take a break while you can, right? So, <laughs> listen, guys, we got a couple more questions here, and we're gonna roll into this. So, Luca, this is one that you're gonna have to answer because obviously I don't have a gym anymore. But it's a great question. Uh, what is currently working for you in terms of front end offers for the gym?
1: My first, my first thing I want to say is like, it doesn't matter because, <laughs> because you got to find out what's going to work for you. But look, um, we've had a, all right, let's, let's start here. I I think that for a front end offer, you know, uh, you got to test stuff like number one, just because something works for me. I mean, how many times have you seen this, right? Like, Somebody has a front end offer and it absolutely, it does great for them. And then, and then and it goes like, Hey man, this is what I'm doing. You should do it too. And another person does it and it doesn't work at all. Right. Because there's obviously like, is the front end offer aligned with the way that you do business with your belief systems around, you know, how you get people through the doors and what you do and so on and so forth. Like, I mean, that's why we never went. And like, once again, please don't, Like if you did, you know, a free six week challenge and it worked for you and it's great for your business. Awesome, man. Like I never wanted to go that route just because of the way that we do stuff, you know, especially, especially not the route of, you know, if you lose weight, we'll give you your money back type of thing. Um, Because personally, I mean, I've seen these things and what happens is that people get very driven to lose the weight and then they do stuff that's not natural and normal. uh, And then they gain the weight back and it just creates a cycle of of stuff that I, I just don't believe in when it comes to. Uh, Coaching, you know, and like I said, hey, works for you, great, awesome. So that's why, like, when when the front end offer stuff comes up, it's like number one, you know, you 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 might be able to take somebody else's front end offer and it won't work for you, okay? Because you have to sell like why you're doing the front end offer as well. So for a long time to to come to like what's working for me, like for a long time, I've done, uh, you know, we've done a thirty day trial. We we just call it a results in advance program now. I mean, you know, you know what it is, guys. Like, I put up, I post so much of the stuff, um, like of what I do. To like, I, I just posted the video, like in how it all works, on Instagram and on, um, and on uh, IGTV and YouTube, and it's everywhere, right? So you can like actually see what 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 I'm doing and how I'm promoting our 30 day trial and whatnot. But like for, for us, that's been one of the better ways and it's worked for years. So if you have a quality front end offer, it's, it's not one that you have to keep changing. Like it should just, it'll, it'll work f- like for years, maybe for a decade. I don't know. I mean, I mean, this legitimately has worked for us for like seven, eight years. Now we've kept tweaking it and like improving it and creating different frames around it. But our, you know, 30 day, basically for 30 days you get to try out. It's a paid offer, right? You're paying, but it's a risk-free guarantee. And pretty much, you know, what we do is like, hey, listen, if you're a weekend, two weeks in, and you feel like we haven't done a great job and, like, this is just not the right fit for you, let us know. We'll give you every penny back, no questions asked. And that is true. Like, that's what we will do. Um, And, you know, there's obviously there's a lot of – I would say there's a lot of, of, like, little things and tweaks and, you know, how how we do that. But the the way that we pitch it essentially is this. Like you're going to come in, we're going to find out like what you want to achieve. What's your point A, you know, where are you at from your nutrition to your training, to your movement competence, injury history, this, that, the, like everything, right? Your point A on the GPS. And we're going to find out what your point B is. Like, where do you want to go? Okay. You want to lose 70 pounds. You want to get out of back pain. You want to, you know, uh, prolong the hip uh, replacement that your doctor says you're going to have to need, you, you know, whatever it may be. Like what's, what's this really important, deep, meaningful goal that you have. And now we're going to find, you know, that, that kind of like path. The GPS is going to go like, okay, here, here, B is here. Here's what we need to do. And let's say that's going to take you a year or nine months or eight or 14, who knows what. Well, the first, like the, the 30-day results in advance program, what we do is, hey, we're going to coach you and we're going to get you results in advance. Basically, without a long-term commitment, your, your payment doesn't roll over. We don't do the rollover. Um, and that's another story for why. It's a trust thing. Um, we've done, you know, we've done the rollover doesn't work as well. So like people are basically like, look, man, like you don't want to continue. No problem. Like you're not going to get billed or you don't have to let us know or anything else. Right. We sit down with you in week four and determine how to move forward, but you're going to get results in advance in those 30 days. Hey, you're going to be, you're going to have a little bit less back pain. You're going to have you know, going to drop a pant size. You're going to take control of your eating a little bit more without overwhelming diets and this, that, and the other you can have somebody on your side checking in with you every week, right? You have a nutrition coach, you have a trainer, you have, right? And so that's what's worked really well because, I mean, I can literally sell people off of cold traffic uh, that, that walk in like almost, you know, almost 10 out of 10 on, on, on this offer. Uh, even though we doubled the price of the front end offer, it, 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 we've had no issues selling it because it's such a, because like I said, it's risk-free. We're taking all the risk away. And it's really worth 397 and legitimately, right? Like that program's 397. They get semi-private coaching. They get unlimited team training. They get small group personal training. They get nutrition coaching. They get the whole shebang, right? They really get to experience who we are before they have to join. So that's our our baseline front end offer and it works. Um, different challenges work. Uh, I, you know, I have found that like over time, the six week, eight week challenges have definitely it, they have less traction than they used to and obviously why because everybody's doing them right so it's just oversaturated uh but that doesn't mean that they don't work right once again if you have a good positioning if you don't overuse stuff it's kind of like off the sales you know if you, if you always have a deal then you're devaluing yourself right like we have deals but we have them very very rarely but if you're doing like every month there's a deal and a, this off and that off and whatever you know what i mean then you're devaluing yourself but if you have a, an offer that's like if you, the way that we explain it is like, hey, we understand like there's tons of people and tons of gyms and tons of this and tons of that. And like, you know, we want to put our money where our mouth is and like to where you have zero worries and you actually get the experience us and, and see what we do and get the results and feel this before you ever make a co- commitment to anything longer term. Right. And, you know, we'll, we'll touch on like our, me and Krebsy, one of the next episodes is the magic words to use for influence and impact uh and I'll, I'll cover like a lot of the stuff uh of how we say stuff and what you say and so on and so forth but that like that offer for us has been and been money now i'm always working on other offers right like and i, I will say that there is a very like without giving you guys all the offers i mean that's part of what we do in our coaching program uh i mean and essentially like you know you you could just follow me. And, you know, sooner or later, you kind of figure it out. But like you but that, the thing is, is that that only shows you the top of the iceberg. There's a lot of stuff below the iceberg uh, on what we do and how we do it, and, and why I become successful. But just also no, I test stuff that doesn't work. Right. Like sometimes I'll come up with a strategy and spend a good amount of time on it. And then we, we launch it, we do it and it just fucking doesn't work. And we just learn from it and we just move on, you know. Um, but like we have a small business transformation challenge that should have already been launched but hasn't yet but you know which is going to be a 30-day free thing for all small businesses and their employees and it's going to be the kind of like a, a fat loss weight loss challenge uh it's an angle that nobody's taken uh the way that we've we're, we're taking it uh we're going to have a donation-based challenge for our bigger our dream program like basically i'm just taking like our beliefs and values and wrapping these different front-end offers around them so i'm like a hundred percent Uh, confident about them and feel good about them and they're very different from what everybody else is doing and like I like I said besides our uh, foundational offer I try to like zig when other people are zagging um, and get creative with it and like really think it out and then test it and like maybe you know what out of like three four offers that we do you know two are a complete fucking shit show and flunk it's all good I don't care you know what I mean that this is one of the issues I was saying the industry is that like people are like, you know, and I get it. Like people want, you know, guarantees. People want, um, hey, what's the thing that if I do it, it'll work for sure. And nobody can guarantee you that. Here's why. Because if you ran the same like ads for the same offer, you may not have the positioning that like we do. Right. And and this is what I we work with on with clients all the time where I go look at their blog and their Facebook and their IG and everything else then a lot of times it's bare. There's no positioning. They've done no value creation. They've, they haven't got any retargeting. There's no, people don't know them. And then from there, you know, you go to cold Turkey, like, Hey, sign up for X, Y, Z. I mean, think about yourself and how you buy stuff. Like you wouldn't, you'd be like, what the fuck is this? Like, I don't know you. Right. Remember no like and trust. Right. So now you're, you're pitching the same offer as somebody else that it's worked for, who it's worked for, but it, it you haven't done the same road work? You haven't created the same positioning in a marketplace. You haven't created the same frame, the same demand. Right. So once again, like this is, it's one of those things where like it's, it's a question I can answer, but there's a lot of other questions that I would be asking myself uh, before asking that front end offer question, you know, things like, Hey, what do you currently do to add value to the marketplace? Right. In, in what different ways do you do that? How many different polls do you have in the water? What does your market think about you, right? When's the last time you wrote a blog post? What else do you do? Did it, like I you know, how often do you email your list? So on and so forth to to kind of create a picture around this and then, you know, start solving that issue. And I promise you, like sometimes people, you know, so I'll give you an example of of a client that comes to you that wants to lose a lot of weight, right? And. When they come to you like they think right they're like oh i'm gonna get a coach and when i get a coach you know they're just gonna tell me what to do and 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 i'm gonna start losing weight and it's gonna be great because i'm gonna spend the money and then what happens is that like in the first 30 60 days right like you're helping them but you're unraveling a, a lot of stuff that's actually wrong things that they haven't even been aware about right like you create awareness in their life around why they're gaining weight and why they've been unsuccessful right and that awareness is scary sometimes, right? Because you've been oblivious to it, and then a the coach brings to, to, to light how much it is wrong, okay? But, you know, if you're a great coach, you're like, hey, don't worry. We're, we're, I'll, I'll be here with you every step of the way. I'm going to take care of you. We're going we're gonna to make this happen, right? Well, in business, it's the same thing. Like sometimes what ends up happening is the person will go like, hey, Luca, like I've got this lead generation problem, right? And uh, I just need leads. And if I get leads, everything will be okay. My business will be fine. We'll grow, da-da-da-da-da, right? And then as we start investigating the business, we recognize that the leads aren't the problem. There's a shit ton other stuff that's the problem, right? The coaching systems, the sales maybe, uh, you know, team culture and, like, leadership, like, a, a lot of stuff. And that can become scary. And, and so I, I promise you this. A lot of people will go there, – there's people who won't be able to deal with it and go somewhere – to go like, fuck it, I just need leads. And of course, that's not gonna solve their problem. Like business is a lot more than just lead gen. Um, And so I bring that up because the front end offer actually is connected to what I'm talking about, right? Because you might have, a that's what I mean like below the iceberg. On the top of the iceberg, it seems like this is the problem. Once you start diving deeper, you actually get to the true cause. And so you gotta fix the true cause to be able to improve the business long-term long answer, but I do want to create some frame and context around this. Cause otherwise I feel like if I just gave an answer of it's this front and offer that's working, uh, I, I would, I would sh- like, I would essentially cut you guys short for the truth around what you really got to know.
0: No, the truth is the truth, man. I think it was a perfect answer because it breaks down what is required and what the work that has to be done before the payoff. And I think that's the issue with most people, man. It's like most business owners are, listen, I'm impatient as well, but I'm not impatient to the point where I expect unrealistic shit to happen without work being done first. You guys got to understand this front end offers. What are they, right? It's just another way to bring people into the game, right? It's one of the main ways you're going to bring people in the door. But like Lucas said, if you don't have the legwork done ahead of time, What's going to happen? Most people, that's what we saw with the six-week challenges, right? Is that you almost exhaust your local market because you're running it so much. So that then if you've lost trust with someone, they're not going to come back. Or it's a commodity-based decision, right? Because now everyone in the whole area is doing six-week challenges, six-week fat challenges with a different name tagged onto it. But the truth of the matter is they're all the same. So then what does it do? Now it's a commodity and then everything's going to be based on what? price. No I matter mean, how good you are, the, the end user, right? The customer potential client is going to look at things and go like, well, this kind of all looks the same." So I think it was a great, great answer, Luca. And I think, listen, man, at the end of the day, people are, if if you guys want fluff, this is probably not the podcast for you, right? This is how we've always done coaching. We're not going to put any fluff into this and we're not going to blow smoke up your asses about how easy something's going to be. You know, Luca could break down every front end offer he's ever done. Some of them might work for, for you. Some of them won't. But what works for him and what works for you is going to be vastly different based on the work that you do up to that sales point, up to the point where you get them in the door.
1: And I believe- Like here's the thing, the principles, the principle, I mean, like, you know, remember that like Alan Cosgrove taught me this a long time ago, right? This little riddle is like methods are many, principles are few. Methods change, principles never do. And that goes for training, that goes for, for marketing- Right. The principles of what I'm talking about, like if you build on those, things will be fine. But if you try to just work around methods, then no bueno. And and kind of I want to piggyback on on this because we're talk talking about marketing and front end offers. And, and I want to share some reasons, like maybe these aren't all of them, but these are definitely some reasons that your marketing isn't working. Um, and I'd say one of them is definitely like not being crystal clear about who you help how you help them and exactly what they should do next. You know, this is like a bunch of kind of like story brand points, uh, which is a great, uh, great program. I've done, a, uh, I've, I went through all their marketing courses and all their stuff. Um, but so who you help, how you help them and exactly what they should do next. And what that means is like, look, if I come on your website, you know, above, above the fold, which is basically the top of the website, those are the things I should find out. Right. Like kind of who are we? who like how can we help you how can we solve your problems but what you should do next so you know uh for instance on my 30-day trial one above the fold like we we share that uh and then it's like get started there's a button get started there shouldn't be any other shit there right but it's but essentially in marketing like look you got to know who you're helping how you're helping them and exactly what the, the person should do next uh another one is over reliance on paid digital marketing while i am a fan of paid digital marketing guys the over-reliance on it is one of the biggest marketing mistakes um, and why your marketing is not working, right? Think about that. We're not going to dig into this today, right? Um, but but if, if you're one of those people that like majority of your polls in the water are just like running ads, that's a problem. Not curating and nurturing an email list is important. I have actually, uh, I did, you know, I've, I've been doing email marketing for like 10 years uh, and and, and right now I actually have to pick it up a little bit more. Uh, but you know, we've built an email list that's local. Um, uh, you know, I've historically emailed at least one time a week, right. On average, but most people don't curate and nurture an email list. And that is notice like that's something that's not paid digital marketing. Um, that's very important. Not collect collecting case studies and testimonials. Another one that I'll say like we, we fell off a little bit on, um, but we have legitimately you know, hundreds from the past. Um, And, you know, but that's important, constantly collecting case studies and testimonials, whether it's in video format, in written format and pictures, uh, that's a mistake. Not tracking results over time. Uh, I mean, this is a huge, you know, this is the KPI part and like really drilling in to like find out, you know, what is it that's getting you results? You'd be surprised, you know, I mean, you'd be surprised that like finding out like what is a open, because there's many business owners that you know, I coached and I've coached it, we'll find that there's something that's really working for them that they completely missed, right? And they could have they could have doubled and tripled and quadrupled down their efforts into that specific kind of pole in the water of marketing, uh, but they missed it, right? Because they were so into just like one avenue, right? But tracking allows you to go like, holy shit, like, look, man, like we're getting, you know, hey, we're getting like uh, six, six uh, leads a month from this chiropractor. I didn't wow I didn't even know that like maybe we should you know do some seminars together do this that the other whatever it may be right so just think about that like if you're not tracking results over time you're making a big mistake there hoping for a silver bullet I mean and this you know the, like hoping for a silver bullet is happening a lot now right because think about that even even just the question of sometimes uh you know, hey, what's this one offer that's working for you, right? That sometimes is looking for the silver bullet because it ends up being like, you know, what's the one offer that can run put a uh, put a bunch of I would say m- money behind it, and like we'll get a hundred leaves, right? Uh, and so, you know, if, if you're looking for the silver bullet, that's a problem because you want to be able to improve uh, different aspects of your business to have exponential growth. What I mean by this is like uh, this whole thought process of improving 10% in different areas, right? So uh, here's an example, right? Like if you get get 20, think about it this way, right? Let's say, we'll use an example of 50% for conversion and and show up just to make it simple, right? But if you get 20 leads a month, right? And out of those 20 leads, you know, 50% of them show up to, to an appointment slash strategy session, whatever. That's 10, right? And then out of those 10, you you sign up uh, 50% for your program. So that's five. Now, if you, if, if you improve 10% in each one of those areas, your business grows more than 10%. So let, let's do the numbers, right? Instead of 20 uh, leads, you get 22 because that's 10% more. And then you have 10% more show up. You know, what's 60% of 22? Well, that's 13.2. And then out of those 13.2 people, you sign up another 60% because 10% more, right? And that is, let's see, um, it's about seven plus, okay? So you went from five to seven, more than seven, which is a 50, 40 to 50% growth, okay? So even though you improved 10% in each one of those areas, you just grew your business by 40% plus. Right. And this is what I'm trying to say is like that this is the way you have to look at stuff. Right. Because the magic bullet is like, oh, I'm gonna in one area, like things are going to blow up and everything's going to be fine. And that's not how it works. It's just not like if you've ever done business for a long period of time, you'll know that's that's a crack of bullshit. Right. So, um, you know, there are I will say like, you know, some of the stuff that we teach uh, in the coaching program is called Everlasting Ad. And it's like there's some work to get to it, but once you figure it out, like you have one ad that does really well and you can run for a long period of time uh, to get you and generate leads and, and, and it's called performance branding and a lot of other stuff that's attached to it. But like I said, just one thing doesn't save your business, right? Business is a lot of factors and you got to essentially kind of like a puzzle piece work on each one of those. And I mean, look, that's, that's what we do. That's what we're, we're great at is like coaching that and helping people find their their blind spots and and fix them so once again a little bit of a, a of a loaded answer but i feel like i like to explain the principles of my thinking behind the answer versus just like oh it's it's this because I, I think i'll be doing a disservice to you for real
0: i agree i mean what you what you're doing Luke, is what we we tend to both do which is help people find their own answer as opposed to just give them the answer that we think is right. Right. There's coaching and then there's consulting, consulting, you give answers, right. And coaching a lot of times in this capacity is asking questions to help someone find their own answer, their own truth inside of what they're trying to build on their vision. One mistake that I've seen across the board in most businesses is just Following somebody that's successful and trying to copy everything that they're doing, but not realizing that the the legwork that's been done ahead of time. That's why I keep bringing it up. So, um, that's all we had. We had a few other questions, Luke, but I think that's where we're going to wrap it up today. Um, you know, that's enough for you guys to run with. And next episode, we're going to talk more about words that sell, magical words that impact and influence. And uh, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Remember, if you have any questions, you can hit Luca up on Instagram at Luca Hosovar or myself at Steve Krebsy with an I. If you guys have questions, we'll address them on the Q&A episodes of Yo! The Business and Fitness Podcast. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Have a wonderful day. Peace.